everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And our topic today is product backlog refinement. Yay, product backlog <laughs> refinement. Got to be done. It's got to be done. Uh, sometimes painful, but it's got to be done. But real quick, I wanted to tell a quick, a slightly unrelated story. <laughs> With all the, the hubbub around chat GPT, a few weeks ago, I went and I said, I asked it to write me some user stories. And okay. I had it write me a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And, and it consistently, consistently returned as a, I want so that about four or five acceptance criteria. Without fail, as a, I want, so that, four or five acceptance criteria. And I I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent. So the data set that it's pulling from, somebody taught it how to write a good user story. So, so what did you have to give it in order for it to do that? Um, well, you know, I've been working on the bicycle thing. Yeah. So I tried uh-huh. the bicycle thing. Uh-huh. And and then I tried a couple others and it was just like somebody who wants to travel around or blah, blah, blah. And it, mm-hmm. it, it gave me back perfectly acceptable user stories. But what I was really looking for was would it follow the format? Okay. Or, or okay. would it give me like a whole bunch of things? And it consistently, no matter what I sort of threw at it, yeah. gave me consistently this format. So okay. When everybody, somebody pushes back, I'm like, well, why are you such a big deal about the format? Go try it and chat GPT. See what they do. <laughs> it's going to be my new throw it in their face. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. Try yeah. that. So I, I but I, I was pleasantly surprised. So perfect. D. Well, anyways, so, back, back to product backlog refinement. Yeah. So and I, I was going to say, why do we even? do it let's explore before we even talk about about it why we even do it so well, well the most practical reason is so that we don't get to sprint planning and we're seeing mm-hmm. everything for the first time i mean yep. that is the that i would i would say like there's there would be not because then sprint planning is going to be the most painful meeting you've ever gone to absolutely it's like pulling teeth so yeah, we've got to make sure the items are ready to be pulled into sprint planning. We're refining hopefully one to two sprints of work ahead of time mm-hmm. so that we can pull in extra work as we need to. One of the other the other things is people often think it's one of the core Scrum events and it's not. It's referred to as an activity because it doesn't have a set time that it happens within the sprint or a set duration. So the team themselves decides, um, the Scrum team, Scrum Master, Product Owner and Developers decide, well, you know what, we want to do refinement once a week, maybe we want to do it once every two weeks. I know some teams you've talked about, Ryan, do it um, for 30 minutes every day after daily Scrum. So it just very much depends on the team, what the cadence is, but it's not an event because it's not a time box um, activity that has a set place in the Scrum framework. It's more, it's an ongoing activity. So I think that's an interesting differentiator um, just to remind people about that. 
Right. And I think it it, it is, it's like weeding a garden. Mm-hmm. You have to go in and sort of, because people, it's easy to put in skeleton tickets and this mm-hmm. ticket and this is coming over from this project and we've got to do it. And you just constantly kind of have to be going through and gardening mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit. We can talk yeah. about the alternative, the everyday refinement. Mm-hmm. That's the Atlassian model. We'll talk about yeah. that a little later, but let's, yeah. let's drill in on, cause you've sort of jumped ahead and we can, we can just touch on it real quickly. Cause the goals of the product backlog mm-hmm. refinement meeting, again, like you said, we want to have one to two sprints ahead Mm-hmm. Worth of work that's the team has seen. They've yeah. broken down the stories. They've created their subtasks. If if they use those, not saying yeah. they have to, but everybody understands what's in each and every story, and they've been sized. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sized. Yes. But remember, for for teams, this is not the activity where they work out how they're going to do it. Right. This is the high level. Um, there's an, uh, and sometimes I use the refine mnemonic for it. So when we're talking about refinement, we're talking about the mnemonic refine, where R is we review the product backlog items that are planned for the next one to two sprints. The E is we're elaborating on that um, user story or product backlog item. The F for the refine is our, we're fixing it. Do we need to add more acceptance criteria? Do we need to clarify who we're writing the user story for? What clarification do we need and what do we need to fix? It may be there's investigation that's needed. Maybe um, we've got to do some research and sort of, okay, you know what? We'll come back and we'll refine this item next time. Mm-hmm. Um the N is we're going to negotiate. So you know what, product owner, this is way too big to be pulled in and for us to do in one sprint. So as part of the estimating it and the sizing it, we're potentially going to negotiate with the product owner and, and break the item down into smaller pieces. So if we use the refine mnemonic and make sure we remember to refine, review it, elaborate it, fix it, investigate it, negotiate it, and estimate it. So not nowhere there does it say, how are we going to work on it? It's just right. at the high level, as you said, the goal is to make sure the items are ready to be pulled into the next sprint planning and that they have enough information on them for the team to hit the ground running with sprint planning and not get totally derailed. And I think that's where a lot of teams, and again, we can talk about sizing, mm-hmm. we can talk about splitting up, but a lot of teams want, they think that I need to know exactly how I'm going to do the ticket before yeah. I can size. And it's yeah. just like, no, we're we're dealing with the complexity, yeah. you know, and if you don't understand. So that's something, the estimation and the, you do not need to know in this meeting exactly how you'll do it. We're not coming yeah. up with some technical documentation. That is yeah. for you guys to work out during the sprint, you know, in a separate meeting, like, but don't get ahead of yourselves. Wait until this is actually, I always say to people, wait until this is prioritized in a sprint because yeah. we might refine it, but that doesn't mean we're doing it anytime in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've worked on teams where we have so many items that have been through the backlog and been refined and they're just waiting to be done, but yeah. other priorities come up. Okay, so we have our goal. I like the mnemonic. 
we already my questions you've kind of jumped ahead on some of them I was gonna Uh-oh. say how, how often how often yeah. do you how often do you advise a brand new scrum team to do their product backlog refinement I will generally suggest that they do it once a week for about an hour and the team once they've done that for a couple of weeks and can decide what if they want to change the cadence of it but generally i'm i'm saying to the teams grab your coffee we're going into refinement for an hour and i remember i mean quite often when i introduce it to teams i remember introducing it to team a couple of years ago and there was a kate you've got to be kidding me another meeting and i'm sort of okay well well let's see from when we go into the event or the meeting if it's not useful, we'll discuss it afterwards, but let's mm-hmm. at least take part in it. Mm-hmm. And they came out of it and they went, okay, that was useful. Because now I know the items that are coming in the next couple of sprints. Maybe we've, uh, the product owner had a size, some of the items that our stakeholders added at the last review. So I, as a team member, know what is coming down the line. So it's part of the overall visibility. So... Let's talk about that because I think that we'd say, oh, that we have this meeting and we refine our tickets. And how do you go about conducting this meeting and how do we prevent it from being a painful experience yeah. or people getting in the weeds or like it just sort of spiraling yeah. out of control? Like what is yeah. the Kate method for backlog refinement? And we talk about refinement. Refinement is a team sport. It's everyone yep. is involved in it. So 24, 48 hours before we go into refinement, the product owner sends out, these are the high val- highest priority items that we are going to look at in refinement. So the team sees them ahead of time. Maybe they need to do some research. Maybe they need to ask someone. Maybe we need to pull in a subject matter expert. But by the time we get into refinement, nobody should be surprised at the items we're about to refine. So our product owner will say, okay, so our first item to refine is this. They're going to read the user story. They're going to give the acceptance criteria. The scrum master is going to facilitate saying, okay, so who has questions for the product owner? Do we understand this? And then once the questions have all been asked and answered, then our scrum master is going to facilitate the sizing exercise. Okay, so let's do our relative estimation. And then the team is going to to talk about, well, this is why I sized it this. This is why I sized it that. So the, the goal is to get in this product owner to say, here's the item the team to ask questions, and then the sizing. So we're not, again, just a reminder, we're not doing the how anywhere in that. And people often say, well, Kate, I don't want to size it because I don't really know how I'm going to do it. And I'm sort of, okay, we'll size it here based on what you know at the moment. And if you want to change it, if you get into sprint planning, planning, and you're working out the how, and I need to do this and that and the other, and you go, wow, I've way undersized this. Mm-hmm. Change it in sprint planning. I mean, mm-hmm. I ask that after the teams leave sprint planning, they don't change it because it, it causes churn. Some will yes. oversize, some will undersize. But right up to the point we leave sprint planning, if we've sized something incorrectly, we can change it. Yep. Um, and I mean, you and I've mentioned this before, Ryan, sizing is the team's tool to make sure they don't pull too much work into the sprint. Right. 
Sizing is the product owner's tools so they can plan the upcoming releases. It's not a metric for the organization to, to, to use for, well, this team's more productive than that team. So it's very much by the team for the team. So it team sport, product owners accountable for making sure they have the items ready to pull into refinement. The team's accountable for making sure ahead of time they've looked at them to see if there's anything they need to research more or bring another subject matter expert in. And then the scrum master is accountable for making sure the team does not go into the weeds and mm -hmm. start working out and solutioning how they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Because as you mentioned, when, when we started this, it can be a painful event yep. or painful activity if the team sizes two items an hour. So it's mm -hmm. very much, I think I probably use Elmo in this in this um, activity more than anything, or sort of enough, let's move on. We've right. got the basics. Let's get ourselves out of the rabbit hole. Right, right. Let's not, once you see somebody starting to solution, we yeah. probably need to say, okay, you guys are ready to work on this clearly. Yeah. If there's some big technical issue, and you have some cycles between now and say sprint planning or whatever, you might want to go and not do a deep dive, but just take a look and make sure that there's not going to be a problem. Yeah. But it's, it's, I, I, I see sometimes what can be a problem coming out of this meeting is people wanting to start to work on items right away. Yeah. And yeah. as I said a few minutes ago, we may never get to these items. They yeah. were a priority right now. And again, if we're getting ahead and we're really, I've worked on teams where we are backlog. I mean, we have so many tickets that are sized and groomed and ready to go. They get stale mm -hmm. and, you know, they get deprioritized or so many other changes came that we're just never going to do that thing. So I think one of the things I always try and get people to, to sort of understand is, yeah, we might've groomed this ticket. We might've sized this ticket. This ticket's ready to go, but until it's in a sprint, you know, don't worry about it. One of the things you said that I wanted to sort of talk about um, was I love the idea about sending out, sending out the agenda. Mm -hmm. It is a team sport. I've said that all along. Scrum is a team sport. Everybody comes to the meeting. I think that's yeah. true. I don't think you want anybody to see a ticket that they could potentially be responsible for in any way, shape or form that they didn't have a hand in grooming yeah. and sizing we need to watch the word grooming, Ryan. It's refinement. Refinement, sorry. Because refinement. that word word means very different things in different cultures. Well, so. I'm 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 in the Jane Goodall camp. It's it's picking fleas and ticks off your neighbor. I, I tend to be. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm okay. very much. I'm, I'm sort of. Where is this going? Okay. I'm very much the grooming okay. of your neighbor in the the best Jane Goodall sense of the word. Okay. Okay. Let's go with that. So. <laughs> and and the the other thing for refinement is um is this where the team can talk about dependencies? Yes. Do we have yes. dependencies on another team? Yep. Are there certain things that are blocked? for us or, or roadblocks for this item so we we need to be aware of that maybe there are some sort of technology requirements or environmental requirements maybe we need new hardware or new software before we do these things so we have to spin that, up a server absolutely all of that it's not just the team understanding it and doing the refine mnemonic it's making sure that 
we've got sort of environmental requirements and blockers and dependencies and, and all of that in addition. Yeah, there's nothing worse that that that's something that you need to train people. I'm 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 sort of having that experience right now where people are so used to like, well, we did our work and now we're going to hand it off to this other team to finish this thing. And it's just like, oh, that's a dependency. We have to call yeah. that out. Yeah. Like I didn't know that there were these two other teams we're dependent on. So we can't commit to this work. Yeah. We need to coordinate with them. We need to bring somebody over to join our team for a couple of weeks yeah. to be, or to like, can they be permanently assigned to us so that they can handle this sort of stuff for us to come up the dependencies and the potential blockers. Because for me, that's part of the estimate because it's, this could be really dangerous. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. here's what you guys, that's what I don't need you to tell me how we're going to do it. Yeah. But you need to say, by the way, this is going to go through this other team. And yeah. we know that that's kind of a dangerous place. Like yeah, so, that's yeah. where things go mm -hmm. to not die, but take yeah. a while. Yeah. And so then yeah. the product owner can really know how to prioritize. Yeah, because we're looking at, as you said, when we're looking at our sizing, we're looking at the overall complexity. Yep. And by complexity, we mean, do we have dependencies in other teams? Are there lots of unknowns? Is this in a particularly volatile area of code? Is yep. it something that we don't know how much testing needs to go into it? So right. all, all of that, all of those unknowns will absolutely affect our, our sizing of our backlog items. And I think I had that happen recently where QA said, hey, by the way, I'm going to have to test this in this country, that country, and a third yep. country. So our testing is going to be significant. Yeah. And I know that I've walked into orgs. I was like, hey, why is QA not in refinement? And they're like, well, you know, they'll just get it. It's like, no, 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 no. They have a piece of this puzzle. <laughs> they yep. have to know it's coming. They have to tell us their level of effort. Yep. You know, they have to sort of call these things out. And, it, but it, like they're super important. Again, everybody should come. Everybody on the yeah. team should come and know what we're going to be potentially working on in the future. Um, yeah. And, so I know some teams say, oh, well, we'll just send a representative from coding mm, and testing. And I'm saying, no, no it, it is the entire Scrum team. The entire Scrum team. The entire Scrum team needs to come. Um, Okay, I know we wanted to touch upon it because we mentioned it earlier, is that there are some other strategies rather than yeah. the one hour a week. The one that I came across a couple of years ago and I found amazingly successful. I completely admit I stole from Atlassian. and I went to one of their presentations one day. They had a very high functioning scrum team and what they do, they have a Kanban board. So the tickets go from the product backlog into the Kanban board and every day they have an hour meeting the first 15 minutes is their standup, and then it's 45 minutes of backlog refinement. And their Kanban basically has the to-do column, the in-progress column, the ready-for-review column, and then like ready for development. So the to-do is, obviously, these are the next one we want to work on. And then people have sort of, hey, this is a, this is a ticket we really want the team to be looking at but maybe the scrum master needs to rewrite it or the product owner isn't quite done with it, but it's put, you know, they assign it to themselves in the to-do column is like, I need to have this ready to go off and ready for review is like QA where the team sees it. They see the story as it's 
you know, it's got assets attached it, and they have a very specific agenda about how they go through it. And this is where the team in the ready for review column, the team looks at it and goes, you know what, this is actually two different things, or this is pure front end, or this is pure back end, or whatever it is, the team makes their determination. And then they size, and then they mark it ready for development, it pops back to the product backlog. And then, you know, once it has sort of a size on it, that means it can, you know, again, we're talking JIRA, it's Atlassian, obviously, they're using JIRA. So they see the size, and that means, hey, product owner, anything that has a size on it in the product backlog, you can potentially put in a future sprint because we yeah. as a team have gone through and refined this. And this has been worked on in a very consistent manner. I did this at one organization and my God, it allowed us to chew through so much work and it made sprint planning. The real benefit was it made sprint planning. It wasn't a sprint planning, wasn't a two or three hour meeting. It was a half an hour you know, where product would come to us and say, here's the tickets I want. And we would look at it and go, okay, of that bucket, here's what we can be successful at. And then it was just that horse trading because it was rare that there would be a new ticket we'd never seen before. So I, I like that continual refinement because it gave everybody a break in their development day. It was very future forward. It allowed product to sort of bring things to us in a very sort of timely fashion. And it just sort of kept everybody thinking about the future. So I, I found it to be very successful. And again, you don't have to do the full 45 minutes, but at yeah. least minimum a half an hour, because you may only get through two or three tickets, but that's still more than you were getting through otherwise. So yeah. that is a sort of Atlassian Kanban mm -hmm. continuous refinement model. So how do you stop the teams going too much into the, the weeds? Because to me, if you're doing, if you do, even if you do 30 minutes a day, that's two and a half hours a week. How do you stop the team going into the how for that? The, well, the team gets used to, we're just trying to get this ready because that that is a parallel track of them sort of mm -hmm. adopting Scrum and mm -hmm. breaking that sort of waterfall mentality where we have to come up with all this documentation and figure out the how. And it's just you saying to them, remember, we're just, we're looking at the level of complexity. We're making simple because remember, part of this is the to-do column and the in-progress column where somebody like myself is a scrum master and the product owner or maybe an architect or somebody is working these tickets up. And we're catching some of this stuff before it gets to the team in a very systematic fashion. You know, yeah. I look at a ticket and I go, this is two asks, or here's mm -hmm. a nice to have, I can break this nice to have out and put it in, a, in another container. Yeah. And so when it gets to the team, it's sort of, it's been, there's already been like a really systematic pass through. Yeah. Because that's my commitment to the team is that we'll have a couple stories in the ready for refinement column for them to refine. So, you know, it, it's sort of just, it's, it, it's again, it's Kanban, but the product is refined tickets. And everybody's development cycle is 30 to 45 minutes a day. It's just breaking them of that, that habit, which you have to do anyway. But because they're really seeing this meeting day in and day out, it's becoming much more of a habit for them. 
Yeah, it's becoming second nature for them. Becoming second so, nature. Yeah, I mean, I can see it being useful um, as long as the scrum master can keep the team from going down into the weeds. It's a yeah. quick check-in and for teams that don't like long events, um, especially if they're doing them remotely, it's a good tool to allow them to check in more regularly. Well, and like I said, it takes the pressure off of sprint planning because yeah. now sprint planning isn't like, sometimes if you're only doing like a an hour a week or two hours a week, but the product owner really wants to get more stuff in a sprint, and then you have to use that time in sprint planning. And yeah. you're just like, oh, we're just seeing this ticket for the first time. We've got to break it down and we've got to size it. It takes all that kind of pressure off because you're yeah. constantly refining your backlog and you're constantly in that practice. And it's, it's, it's just that sort of daily habit. And it, and yeah. it but it pays dividends because then yeah. you have a really refined backlog that the product owner can just pick and choose from. And then you also have, say you're done with your sprint a little early and people are looking for things to do. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can identify really easily. Yeah, it's already it's gone. Refined. It's refined. refined. Here's, here, here's a whole bunch of ones and twos that we can like queue up. Yeah. So I find it amazingly powerful if a team, but again, I think it works really well with teams that kind of know what they're, kind of get it. Yeah. As, as opposed yeah. to like, you know, that they're ready for it. Yeah. I think a newer team might, might struggle with yes. that. Yes. Um, but I think, yeah, I absolutely. I think there's a, there's a time and, and in a team's life cycle that that makes sense. That's the Atlassian model. All right. Yeah. So to wrap up today, what do you, what, what would you have us, what would the takeaway on product backlog refinement? It would the takeaway would be it, it's a team sport where everyone's involved in it. We're sending the product owners sending the items ahead of time ahead of time. Everyone's expected to have at least looked at them by the time we get to the refinement so that we can hit the ground running in refinement. We've pulled in any experts that we need. Um, and the scrum master's key um facilitation technique in this event is to stop the team going down the rabbit holes so that we we can do the refined mnemonic um, where we're reviewing elaborating fixing investigating negotiating and estimating so that we have sized and we ha do have our dependencies we do have any um, requirements hardware and software requirements we have identified any blockers but the overriding theme here is if we don't do refinement, sprint planning is going to take too long. So yep. the goal is that sprint planning can be made way less painful by doing good refinement. And there you have it, product backlog refinement. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.